and welcome to this episode of Tones and Drones, an ambient music podcast. I'm Jason Miller, your host on this episode of the show. Composer, guitarist, Eric Volo. Eric has been performing as a professional artist since 1980 and has over 50 albums in his discography, as well as many different collaborations with um, electronic uh, artists. And um, he released an album this year called Recurrence. And I spoke with him from one of his uh, studios and homes in his native country of Norway. I really enjoyed speaking with Eric. I've listened to his music uh, like many of the artists on this podcast for years. And uh, it's, uh, it's great to be able to speak with them after enjoying um, their, uh, their music. And, and that definitely pertains to Eric Volo. And uh, you can find his music on uh, the Project Record label. You can uh, visit uh, projectrecords.bandcamp.com. And that's P-R-O-J-E-K-T. And also uh, his website is uh, volo.com. It's W-O-L-L-O. And uh, I hope you enjoy our talk. So, without further ado, my conversation with Eric Volo, here on Tones and Drones. I've been spending a lot of time with your album Recurrence in the last several days, and uh, I enjoy the album. And uh, I wanted to to kind of start really with just the new album and kind of go from there. It, it just because I had been listening to that one and, it, and it's fresh in, in my mind, and um, I uh, I wanted to start start there. Uh, so so with Project Records, you've been associated with them now for for several years. Several releases with them, right? Yes, uh, <clears throat> ten years. For ten years. From my first album was Gateway in two thousand nine, I think. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. And this new album, Recurrence, is was this recorded during the the um, the pandemic? 
Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm very interested in, in artists <laughs> that have been recording albums in the pandemic, and everybody that I've spoken to pretty much has recorded. Mm. And yeah, actually, something. you know, <laughs> last year I, it wasn't that much change for me because I'm in the studio, studio anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sitting here um, most of the day, you okay. know, working. So, but um, actually, last year um, I had. Um, had a lot of good creative uh, moments, so I have lots of material ready to 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 be released. Yeah. Was there anything that, uh, as far as the climate that we were living in, was did that inform the album, or and and what was the title "Recurrence" referring to? Um, it's not so much uh, influenced influenced by the pandemic in that way you know recurrence is is um, something I kind of use in my in my compositions like building up themes and then repeating themes later on in in the composition uh, and that also is kind of um way of uh, looking at things sometimes you you go back to places you have been before and uh, you see it with new eyes like yeah. kind of yeah is uh, it uh, the same place you like you have been for like 20 years ago and you go back and oh wow well, you see it with with new eyes and like the you same you can have the same feeling when you listen uh, deeply to your composition and you have a team and then you like 10 minutes or 20 minutes in into the piece you hear the same team but in a new environment and that's kind of uh, that's something i'm i'm very aware of in in my compositions I like thinking about that as far as relating it to a place because i think anybody mm. listening can realize that they go back to this wherever park store neighborhood and and it's not this it's the same but not the same or it's Mm. drastically different or it's drastically different it's changed it's changed a lot yeah yeah Yeah. putting it in a new context yes the um uh and that that kind of leads me to another question so uh melody and motifs thematic elements is that something that's always been important to you as a composer yeah i guess so uh you know, my background is in uh, in the rock and jazz, and uh, especially in, in 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 jazz, you have the 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 melody is very important. You know, the standards and improvising, and uh, so so as a guitarist, that's what you do a lot. You know, yeah. playing melodies. <laughs> yeah. So jazz melodies, the heads and the jazz melodies are something that that uh, that are. Influential, influential to you? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it uh, well, it, that always kind of brings to my mind the cinematic quality for f- to your music too. I, I always enjoy composers that have motifs for for characters, and mm. I, I just saw a few days ago on Instagram that John Williams celebrated a birthday and. For me, that's just was probably the first person where I thought, okay, he's got 
these this little theme goes to this character and then even mm. watching I'm a Star Wars fan so even watching like the new movies I saw the villain in the sequels he's got this five note theme this bum 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 and and mm. I've and and that in, that's always impresses me and so if I hear it in a TV show or another film it always it always draws me in and I wait for it we were watching this movie mm. from the 50s night late 50s bill book and candle during the pandemic and Jimmy Stewart's mm. in it and I started oh. noticing that all the characters uh, God, who, who did the score for? I need to find who did the score for. It was a, it was a major composer of that era, and sure enough, I'm hearing these themes for these different characters, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be paying attention to that while I'm watching the movie if those little themes are reintroduced in here, and it's just oh, yeah. something, something about it, the cinematic. Yeah element yeah. to it even if you don't notice it you notice it <laughs> it's, an, it, it's, it's a very old technique you know like Richard uh, Wagner he used that in his operas okay you know the same same thing okay yeah oh yeah yeah when you talk about uh uh being involved in in jazz because I always wonder how people maybe trans tra- you know come into uh to 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 um ambient type musics uh you know how they get there um and so, what was uh, what was your role in jazz? Like, what kind of jazz were you playing? And were you playing jazz on the guitar? And what what was kind of your, your jazz background? Um, you know, the, in the le- middle of the seventies, there were, was a huge thing. The new thing was jazz rock. You know, very sure. important uh, fusion. <laughs> yeah, fusion. So I was a lot into that. Okay. Before that, I was into prog rock. Uh, okay. So, um, and I played in a lot of bands, you know, playing. So then uh, I gradually wanted to go more in the electronic uh, way of, um, and more into composing, you know, so. Yeah. um, And, Ambient music was something that I always had been listening to, uh, and then came minimalism, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So uh, it kind of happened. Gradually. At, but at I time. have. Yeah. Um, I'm born in '61, and I have a, a lot of influences through the times. <laughs> okay, yeah, I I was curious about that. How 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 did jazz? Uh, we play a lot of jazz here at the station. I've 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 been a jazz listener for many years, and so I'm always fascinated. How did jazz, uh, how did jazz present itself um, in Norway as far as like groups and, and original music? Not just how the music arrived from from other countries. How how was jazz in in Norway when you were growing up? Well, you know the the the, the label EZM. I do. Yeah, so that's yeah. you know influence us a lot because all those records were made in Norway. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. They were recorded here in Oslo. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. yes. oh I love, I love the, uh, you got the, the work. Oh, all the, so much ECM to this day, mm. that chamber jazz, uh, John Abercrombie's work. Oh yeah. The sure. Gateway three albums. And oh yeah. 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 So I was, yeah. I went through all that and, um, uh, so that's, you know, uh, listening to that. I, I, I'm in the late seventies. I was about to go to U.S. and study jazz guitar. Uh, 
in uh, in Boston, but I, I skipped it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. With the being, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this too, for listening to your albums, using the guitar as a main vehicle but the guitar your 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 style of ambient guitar just as it affects me is different because you're using a lot of electronics it sounds like and synthesizing around the guitar and then you're also using the guitar as like an interface as a synthesizer so it, it not everything is done on the guitar you utilize a lot of electronics around it and and I that's always fascinated me because some guitars just ambient guitars just prefer to use just the guitar to generate the sounds but you have so many your textures come from a lot of different places and i was really interested about about that and 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 uh and how that became part of your 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 composition style as you were kind of trying to find your you know your voice to work in or or however you want to say it yeah um, i spent a lot of time uh, to adapt the guitar into the electronic environment so that uh, yeah. and when the when this guitar synthesizers came I, I i immediately was drawn towards that so i used a lot of roland guitar synthesizers yeah that um, roland was an early one right that roland yeah. that had the guitar with all the uh, things attached to it and the big board i've seen that yeah. thing mm -hmm. Was that thing? How was that thing to manage? Because I know Pat Metheny had albums that he used it too, and that was probably my first run-in with seeing that on the liner yeah. notes. How the was that thing to manage? That thing. Um, the first one I had was the GR three hundred. Um, that's the blue box on the floor. Okay. Um, that was uh, you because. It has so uh, um, specific character. So Pat Metini, he, he 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 kind of should sound like Pat Metini when you use it, you know. So, but, uh, <laughs> because he he really took that sound and uh, made his own. Um, but I made some good stuff with it. Um, actually, I I trigger. Uh, other synthesizers as well with my through through the guitar synthesis and then okay okay via MIDI and, okay but lately I'm using uh, just straight guitar through a lot of effects boxes I'm I'm not using the guitar synths that much anymore yeah in that way yeah they still so, seem to be coming out they still seem to be releasing them as a way to yeah to to be an interface if people prefer if you prefer that over mm -hmm. having a, you know whatever interface whether it keys and then also when i compose oh yeah when i compose uh you know you tend to you choose different uh directions if if i compose at the keyboard that can be something i often do then you choose different directions you know so I, I try to um, mostly I, co I compose at the keyboard. Okay. Um, actually, mm. because okay. guitar, it, you you can sometimes be you have this way of playing and you kind of uh, do the same all over again. You know. So that's 
for a keyboard with sound it's more refreshing for me to to go into new directions suppose so hello yeah can you can you hear me okay if, if, we didn't yes, get yes, yes. we didn't get stuck. Okay, stuck on the internet pattern, yeah, internet holding patterns on there. <laughs> but it, you know, it's um, the uh, your your approach to composition. Uh, I want I wanted to ask about that. I'm always curious about how the music is composed, as far as as um, just in 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 the sense of like how much is is uh, is improv improvisational and how much is composed because doing this show I've, I've it's really been fascinating hearing about the composition styles everything from from just recording everything into a recorder without a lot of mixing you know it's just a complete flow and then a lot of you know post manipulation um right now what what types of ways are, are you using to to build your your compositions what kind of works best for you to get into the creative process of of composing um often i work in loops in a folder and i maybe one year later i Oh, this sounds interesting. It can be built something new upon that. Okay. Then I arrange and then it becomes a composition. Um, another way I've been using a lot is um, like uh, if you have heard the um, album Infinite Moments, that's Ebo only. Okay, sure. Guitar. And then I. Okay. Set up, uh, a rig in the studio and uh, improvise in real time. So making uh, various loops that plays good together, and then it becomes a piece. Composition is is made in, in real time, just okay. Okay. recorded straight to stereo. Okay, okay. And so in in the live setting, that must make it easy for the live setting because you're you're in the real time. No, well, I mean I saw I yeah. watched a video the other day of you of you performing live, and it's I I, I like your setup. It's look like it looks like kind of like you're in a console of a starship. 
there and uh <laughs> piloting that you got the guitar and then and the computers are going on and it and uh it, it uh i found that fascinating and, and so in those moments like for the live performances i mean is that is that it is it composing the way you do does that lend itself to a way that you like to utilize live performing as far as like having the the loops going and 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 having your your like you said the, the setup that you build up around you does that translate pretty yeah. well to being live yes uh, I, i've done um you know the stars and uh, radio shows mm -hmm. uh, i've done several albums from those sessions um that were you know it was that's um in real time okay okay in the middle of the night and you have one hour I have some sketches like some vague plans that so that's that's very i love that way of doing you you just have one chance you know um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just one chance. yeah just one chance to do it that's right no mm. retakes mm -hmm. well, so, some of this uh, those those album i i'm very satisfied with the stars in yeah stars in session mm. yeah what are some of the things that uh, that seems like something that that is is very appealing what are some other things that are appealing about about playing in the realms of music that you do the however you want to put it you know slower music or or music that has a lot of texture a lot of space in it what are some things that that you've enjoyed working in that in that world for for many years now and and through a prolific amount of uh, recordings and 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 albums Mm. You know, it's we talked about places. Uh, is music when you listen to it, or when you create it? It's it's like going into a room. You you, you present a room or a place where you you want to be, and you, it's like you have walls pictures it's it's, it's mm, a state of mind kind of a thing it's not a, a pop tune where you have verse ah, it's for me it's a place yeah uh, that's appealing yeah to me and then you Um, and and it has a lot to lot to do with time. You, you stretch the time. You you play with time. Um, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of world building um, too, like a lot of world building to me, like a lot of of you know places that you're building. Mm -hmm. but, you know, mm -hmm. The world's the word soundscape is one that's been thrown around a lot, but I mean yeah. I think that world ha I think that word has some validity to it. Mm. Mm. As far as far as like when what what you feel what the audience could feel when they're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to it, yeah. I it is um uh 
I wanted to ask you too about 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 rhythm. Um, your music has rhythms in it, and and they they come from a lot of different places, I'm sure. And I, I just wanted to ask you about your approach your approach to rhythm. Ambient music and and space music uh, can be devoid of it. Um, but where do you where do you find and build and build your rhythms? What kind of uh, uh, what what uh, how how do you how does that kind of enter enter your music? And uh, what are some places that you go and mm -hmm. to to explore explore rhythm in your music? Um, I've I've been working a lot, like in the eighties and nineties. I I worked with uh, a lot of world music. Okay. Like I worked with the African musicians, musicians from India. Uh, so, so I've been studying uh, the way of building up rhythms, like um, polyrhythm and those things. Mm -hmm. um, so rhythm is is. Uh, important for me uh, so that's some kind of natural feel from uh, yeah, I guess my background in, in rock and jazz of course and then um, uh, the way in the, the use rhythm in Indian Raga for instance is, is very interesting for me you know these cycles uh, patterns um, very interesting. So, um, yeah. Ragas don't have to adhere to like common times that we have here in the West either. That's always fascinated me too. Mm -hmm. Their their regular times are, are different than even what we feel are odd time mm -hmm. signatures and, and, and more Western, mm -hmm. more Western then, music. Then they build uh, various rhythm layers kind of, you know, and um, uh, on top of each, each other. Uh, very interesting. In India, for instance, the, um, if you're a student, student, you, you start with the rhythm before you start to play any instrument. What type of acoustic instruments, if any, do you utilize in your music pertaining to rhythm or even melodic um, influences? Uh, you mean rhythm instruments? Yeah, rhythm instruments. Like, or, or do you do you utilize some that are acoustic percussion? Because I mean, I mean, because yeah. electronic percussion presents obviously, as you know, its own types of rhythms to develop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a lot of samples, and I sometimes uh, make loops myself. Uh, like, I have a lot of percussion myself, so I I record loops. Uh, small excerpts uh, and then I twist them in, in, in the program. Everything can can become a rhythm. Yeah, I mean, I can knock on the guitar or right. <laughs> anything or or stone or sometimes I have, I always have my recorded, record, small recorded in my pocket mm -hmm. when I go for a hike or something. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, sometimes, oh, yeah. there's a tube. You can knock on it. <laughs> record and then yeah. then it can um, appear in some of uh, my music yeah so.
Like that is, I, 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 I like that idea. I had a, I have a, a friend who, who is a musician and he even worked here for many years and he, he, his music is, he, he, his show had a lot of different styles in it from, from avant-garde jazz. And he would travel around, uh, his day job was he was, a uh, worked at one of the plants or refineries here, but he was a musician, saxophone and flute, but he always traveled with mallets. Uh -oh. Oh, he yeah. always had some kind of yarn mallet or cymbal mallet with him oh. at all times because something he might hear to record. And it's just, mm -hmm. I was thinking about, I made me think about that because like he always traveled with mallets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, uh, actually, I remember one occasion there was a uh, canyon there and we brought drums. We were on a tour and we brought some drums and uh, some guys, uh, some of us was in the end of the canyon and the other with the microphone in the other end of the canyon. <laughs> so we got this, wow. <laughs> yeah, you have to have fun, you know. So rhythm is, is important um, for me. phrase also have to be have a rhythm rhythmic function for me okay. Um, okay. the space between tones uh, and such and how it's placed on the beat either strict or floating yeah all those those things the um okay yeah i um what what was it um um growing up in 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 uh growing up in norway um what type of musics did you hear there like growing up what were some musics that that really caught your ear and sounds that caught your ear uh oh, yeah. growing growing up in growing up in norway um i guess it's in the 60s it was you you rarely heard some of the music you wanted to hear on the radio it was, I mean, uh, so, so we had something called, called Radio Luxembourg on the FM. So we had, okay. um, so right. we, we could, could hear all, all the, the exciting stuff. But, okay. you know, okay. later in the, in the 70s, it was more, I think my first really, uh, First group I really uh, became a fan of was uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. You know. <laughs> okay. Still, yeah. yeah. John John him. Fogarty, Mr. John oh, Fogarty. Sure. I yeah. still love him. <laughs> still yeah. Live. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, his I mean, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Like he wrote guitar parts that were not necessarily super complex, but they were clever. And yes. they fit together really well. 
Yeah, and, and and that's that's how it started for me, you know, learning this simple licks, <laughs> you know, down in the corner and all that. Yeah, yes, that was a nice way to start to play guitar. The first full song I learned on guitar was uh, was uh, uh, "Who Stop the Rain" by Creedence Clearwater. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, great that, tune. That was the first one. A little picking part. It's got this little picking part between like E minor and G, and it's just mm -hmm. like. And I remember that was like one of the first songs because I, I went to his guitar teacher, and and he was he was a rocker, and uh -huh. and and that was like the first song like he decided to draw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Work work for me because it flowed to another song by them yeah another song by them and then you find yourself learning uh, several songs by one band and that always feels good mm -hmm. you got like a little repertoire yeah, yeah. that builds up so um so then you know uh, gradually you started to listening to something more complicated like yeah uh, of course deep purple let's Zeppelin, and uh Emerson, Lake and Palmer, uh, yeah, and Pink Floyd, yeah, and then I also uh, uh, if you remember the group Focus, uh, you're, um, the Hocus back. Hocus Pocus, yeah, yeah, the the guy that yodeled. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. is that it's incredible? I had that record live at the Rainbow. Oh, great album, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jan Ackerman, he also uh, had a, a good career in classical guitar. Okay. He played the lute, and that inspired me to to buy a classical guitar. So I started working on that and taking lessons. Okay. So I played, yeah, Bach and those things. So I, that was also my, part of my plan to to study. A, Classical guitar. Classical guitar. But that um, turned out to be not so good combination with the plectrum and classical. So I, I had to stop with that because, you know, uh, the nails are so important to get a good sound. They grow them out really long. Yeah. On the, on, if a right hand, if you're right hand. But when you play the plectrum, you you kind of smash the nails, you know, it's <laughs> so yeah. not not a good combination. So I had to stop. Okay. So I had to choose the pick. <laughs> yeah. Choose the pick over the finger pick. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I also find I also find it interesting how the classical guitarist made did the fretboard because the way they approach the fretboard almost like a piano. It's almost mm -hmm. it's like sitting up on their knee yeah. and it's like right there and it's mm -hmm. it's like it, it just I don't know just watching classic like I I saw a concert a classical guitar concert a local symphony several years ago and they did the the concierto de Aranjuez the the mm -hmm. the, uh, the the Rodrigo. And yeah. and that was the first time I saw classical guitars pretty up close in front of the orchestra and just watching them with the stool and how they tap the fretboard was just yeah. next level for me. I'm just mm -hmm. like, wow, they're just tapping yeah. this thing like yeah, yeah. So the control on it's just yeah. I don't know, it was just mind-boggling. So some of that technique you can especially the left hand, you can adapt in 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 the electric guitar. So, yeah. 
what was your so what was your initial trans what was your initial uh transition in into the music i mean your music's evolved but what was your initial trans uh transformation into doing the music that you're more well known for now working in more of an ambient territory what what was that that transition from coming from the things that we spoke about and uh, and and by the way just thank you for mentioning radio luxembourg because we were watching this this british tv series uh called the midwife and we watched all the seasons of this and every once in a while radio luxembourg would come out and i was thinking why do they want to listen to radio luxembourg and they wanted to listen to the rock and roll because the bbc might not have been playing it so yeah, in yeah. norway radio luxembourg still gave you an outlet to the to a bigger oh sure in the in the 50s and uh, 60s okay you know, the devils that okay. was huge. <laughs> That's cool. That's interesting. I find it really interesting. Radio Luxembourg was a source to get music from. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I need to look up and find out how they did that. What they what mm. did they do to be able to just get all those records? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the transition uh, into to, to to my sound world. Um, I guess. In eighty two or eighty three, I was quitting all my bands. All I, I was a full time musician, touring in uh, in uh, in Norway, and okay. I wanted to be a composer. And uh, then I made an album called Praises in eighty five. Okay, so that's the first. Okay step into this this world okay um because then i am i have my this little studio in my apartment in oslo and i bought my first synth it's it's back there it's the juno 106 okay sure good one good one <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the, the first, first one synth? All yeah right. <laughs> that's a good one yeah it's a little bit sick now but uh <laughs> I have sampled some of it on my Prophet X, actually. So it's pretty unique. Yeah. Um, so um, then I I wanted to work more like a painter, you know, sitting in my studio and adding, subtracting, like yeah, yeah, instead of being out at the club playing. For people, yeah, making music for speakers and uh, yeah. LP and CD, yeah. What was um, working it walking into that into that world and making that choice? What were some things early on that that allowed you to broaden the scope of your music to get your music out there more? Because again, we're talking in an era of of LPs and cassettes and mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. internet, no internet and and things of that yeah. nature. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, the, 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 there was LP, and uh, we managed to distribute it in Europe and in US as well. Actually, so uh, so already then I started to have to, to have a little growing audience. And um, 
in Norway, also we have a good support for art. Okay. Good. Mm. So that uh, helps us uh, a lot. Uh, and also at you know nineties, especially in the night in in nineties, I was creating a lot of music to other art forms like it was uh, art videos, ballet. Mm -hmm. So I had, uh, had had a lot of work and I worked a lot with a lot of other art forms that was very very interesting and, uh, and i don't do not do that that much anymore but i'm glad i did it yeah um, uh, let's look through your discography yeah and i saw a lot of film work a lot of video mm -hmm. a lot of multimedia type things too so yeah. the composition your composition yeah. started to end up in end up in other in other uh, in other works, in other mm -hmm, works mm -hmm, as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a composer. Yeah, especially modern ballet that I enjoyed that a lot because choreographers and dancers, they tend to think a lot in the same way as we musicians think, you know, timing, mm. placing things in the room. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to listen to some of that that music. I mean, were were you working with? Um, so in that realm, were you? Was that when you were? Were you working with some guidelines uh, uh, for for from from the 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 choreographers, or were you presenting things like how were you collaborating mm -hmm. uh, using your music for for ballet? That's very. I yeah. find that very fascinating because mm -hmm. ambient music lends itself to 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 film scoring, but to mm -hmm. ballet, that's something that I'm not. I haven't run across. Yeah, um, the best results was when I was sitting in the same room as the dancers and the choreographers. So we created the whole thing together from scratch instead of me going, uh, sitting alone in the studio. Because then you got feedback instantly, you know. Uh, so that was um, because when you sit alone in the studio and you have some uh, videotape or the some of the elements, the choreographic elements, you okay, oh, this will work fine, and then, then you present it for the choreographer. The day after, he says, "No, <laughs> it doesn't work." You know, yeah, it's so it's a lot of hassle. It's much better to be in the same room. And, and that's, um, you know, I'm having this kind of uh, work made special for that room. That's appealing for me. Um, those people, that room, yeah. And get it to work. Uh, and I also run the sound, I was also the sound man for those projects very often okay okay so you're 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 uh, you, you you made a recording and then you're you're controlling the playback yes for, yes for for the in yeah. in, in in real time the mixing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't know a lot 
lot of crazy things also my like uh, stunts we call it stunts you you meet okay we meet in that gallery tomorrow it's gonna be happening bring your gear just go on play oh wow <laughs> with, okay uh, with dancers uh, it can be poems uh, or anything okay you call it stunts yeah <laughs> happening happening yeah yeah i've done i've done that a lot oh cool yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. that's that's wow and so uh music wise uh without, uh, well that must have been a good way to kind of like test some music out people mm, were listening yeah. mm -hmm. no the, rehearsal. no rehearsals no rehearsal okay just go on <laughs> it's okay go on improvisation a lot i take it then, yeah, so. yeah. okay mm. okay the, um would you show up with uh, the synths and the guitar or some combination yeah. of gear that yeah. you could easily move around mm, yeah what did the you you'd mentioned or that's cool though so wow so that was just uh, something that would happen in norway at just different locations yeah huh. in galleries uh, in art museums like that yeah yeah it sounds like a, a really like a elaborate kind of like open mic kind of situation like we say yeah. here with yeah. <laughs> when you uh mm -hmm. When you when you mentioned uh, well, that kind of leads into a question. You know, I wanted to ask. You talked about how like the the rigors of 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 touring in a, a rock setting and moving into being a composer and, and working on your own. Um, when did uh, when did what were some opportunities that touring uh, be became became possible? We mentioned that Stars End and and I get. I think the gatherings have been mentioned on this show, but um when did you decide to tour again and uh, did that kind of run in in tandem with some of these 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 uh like ambient type tours and shows started happening was that kind of more in the 90s it seemed like it kind of was happening in the 90s to me echoes and and i and it's just these formats and these yeah. these forums for ambient music musicians to perform live and to tour hmm is that kind of when that happened or yeah. I, I was kind of uncertain about how how that happened where more the touring started more the live presentation of the music instead of it just being on recorded yeah and um, the very there especially in europe in germany and holland they had festivals so i played there uh, as, also, uh, it's you know it's so, not so many places where you can play this kind of music. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, but festivals has been a, a good opportunity for for, for us. Yeah. Um, uh, and with the electronic music, um, and, and you're a part. With the electronic music in Europe, were you performing on festivals that had a lot of different electronica, a lot of different styles of, of dance and dance music? And, you know, because I, I, I mean, I, I never saw why mm -hmm. it shouldn't be for making electronic music and electronic festival. I mean, you know, was that something that yeah. were those some of the festivals that had a lot, a lot, I guess, a wide range of electronic styles, including like, you know, more dance styles? 
Mm, no, I think it was more in the Tangerine Dream uh, German Berlin school area. Uh, okay. Direction. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because um, the dance uh, styles are more tend to be in uh, discotheques or more like that's that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe DJ as well. DJ based. Yes. Yeah. It, whenever the live, uh, what was your, what were you thinking whenever live performances started to come about for music that you were thinking that was going to, you know, maybe not have live performances anymore? <laughs> what, what, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what was your, um, what was your thoughts on that when that started to become something for, for musicians working in, in various electronic styles as you do? Yeah. 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 You know, I wonder how how would I do it because um, I think um, uh, when I started uh, to 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 do some concerts again, I I I, I didn't want to be a kind of laptop musician just. So I'm 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 glad I'm a guitarist because then I can communicate a little bit more. Uh, so I tend to to, to play I, I play more guitar. Okay. On recordings actually. Okay. Because that's I want to communicate and um, uh, naturally there has. To be a lot of pre-recorded uh, elements in in your in your set because uh, that's the nature of you know sequencing drum machines. Yeah. So, um, but I'm glad that I'm a guitar guitarist, so I can play something uh, more direct for the audience. Um, it's, uh, and of course, they have some nice visuals behind me sometimes, but yeah, it's a challenge for, for this kind of music. Do it, do it uh, live. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the great things, I guess, is that it, that it, it, uh, what would you say about it? Because like, I, I think of it that way and you mentioned the challenge of it, but then at the same time, the music um, is still very viable. I hope it is for you. It's very viable as still being a recorded music. I, I guess it. I guess it means that a lot of different musics. It, everything's really kind of driven by being live, whereas mm. the electronic music still can have a, a good base as recorded music. Music that you listen yeah. to possibly, mo possibly yeah. in headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, possibly that's... solitary listening. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's does that make my... sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my main work you know making uh, for speakers for the listeners making a, a cd mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's uh, that's my main work uh, but um it's always healthy to go out and play for an audience sometimes but i i don't want you to do it too much okay 
Um, but uh, it's very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh it gives the people the opportunity. I always feel because I've never really been to a concert necessarily with ambient music as as the as you know for for ambient music. But I, I would look forward to hearing that music in in a different space. That would be like the big thing for me is hear it over a, in a big room, perhaps, perhaps, mm -hmm. maybe, and and be in in that space. I mean that that yeah. sounds. That's why I like to see a yeah. lot of the music being presented at old churches and such yeah. where the space gets to give the music a new a new take because yeah. uh, you're not playing it and you're playing it in that space and it's giving it its own mm. that space is becoming part of it in some way yeah how, how, yeah um yeah this music is is uh it's nice to have put it in in, in on, in places, uh, actually, it reminds me of what uh, I did. Um, that wasn't live, but I did um, sound design for a railway station in Oslo. Oh, that's that's also. Um, it's not. Uh, it's taken down now, but I had it. It was like five years. You could hear my music on the train station. Oh, cool! Together with the with the visuals on the walls. So that's uh, that's also something. This music is so uh, it can works in in the environment around us. Um, they 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 didn't uh, have the money to to uh, to work on the techniques anymore, so they had to take it down for <laughs> it. But that's when we got it. I mean, people went to the railway station and just sat there <laughs> listening. <laughs> that was cool. What What were some of the goals of of that that music being presented in a in a in a uh, in a, uh, a rail station? Like, what were some of the things uh, that it was meant it was, to do? I meant to give uh, something um, to expand the room a little and to. Uh, to give people some some good vibrations, you know, because that that kind of music has to be. You have to be. You you can't. You must not make scary music. You must make people that people um, they want to go there. Ah, oh, here yeah, this is nice. Well, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. Uh, Music is um, it's important. I mean, people react. Uh, it's um, you can't mess with people when it comes to music. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, serious stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially in those in in a location like that, in railway station. Mm, yeah has to set the right in the right environment the right mm, mm, mm. well i mean it reminded when you mentioned that it reminded me of of eno's music for airports yes, yes. the ambient one where it's yeah. supposed to play in an airport yeah you know there you go i mean it's mm, like mm. yeah 
and so it can yeah it's supposed to have a purpose yes yeah it, it the the um what are some of your thoughts like and i've asked this question in the show and i'm trying to kind of like make sure i get the question you know like kind of a um say update it but just kind of like perfect it as i go what are some of the things that you find um beneficial to the music that you make and this doesn't this can be related to like what you want to put out there for your audience but this also like for yourself personally what are some of the things about it that that really resonate with you and even thinking about how you want your audience to approach it i mean they're going to approach it in their own way but you know there feels like there's always like a like when you make an album you have something usually that you want to present but at the same time, you want to qualify, well, people can take what they want from it. I don't want to be specific. And well, and then there's some artists I ran to where they write it and they say, this music is for meditation. Mm-hmm. This music is for yoga. And they put a specific thing out there and they're, that's valid for them too. You know, it's like, I have a respect, I have a respect for that too, you know? Um, but what, what are some of the things that you find beneficial to yourself and, and also what you like to present whenever you release, re- release an album? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't like to put out um album with a label, music for meditation. I, I wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's too specific. Um, yes. Um, but some people use my music for meditation and, and that's, that's great. But I don't want to... It's it's uh, it's gonna be open. You can because uh, I also am. I'm very. Uh, my titles. I try to make them as broad as possible. Not actually. I I, I could skip titles <laughs> i would like to skip titles <laughs> actually <laughs> just have a number <laughs> because then you as a listener you would be more open yeah uh, what is this yeah. so but um, uh, i think music is as i said is serious it's, it's a serious thing. So, uh, especially now in these pandemic times, I get letters from people and they thank me for the music. Uh, it's It's been a good thing for them now. Um, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that. And that's really, man, I, uh, then, then I think I'm doing something important, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's my purpose to give something to people, to the listeners, so that they can broaden their horizons. Kind of. mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Yeah. I. 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 Um. I. I listen. 
I listen to your music. I, I, I love the, the sound of guitars that, that play in those realms personally. And uh, I also like to listen to the textures mm. a lot. It's important for me to sit and put it on and listen and listen to the, the textures and I'll, you know, and I, uh, and uh, program the music here. I was listening to one of your songs called Visions the other day. And I just, I was programming it, but I was just was list, kept listening to it because I was picking up something on it. And I just, I've always appreciated that. And it's, uh, and, um, mm. and uh, I, I, I like, I like all the different textures. I, I think in ambient music, the, te the textures don't always, uh, if people come to it for a certain way, they might say, well, the textures have to be kind of bright or light. Well, they don't, they can be dark, they can be neutral. Mm -hmm. They can be, they have a lot of color palettes. In, yeah. in there and so they don't have to be and even the darker stuff can still have a positive effect i mean yeah, as yeah, far as like yeah. the listening experience the escape yeah. the journey to it um and and it really does and I, I listen to it and i i love the guitar process you know the way the way that you you process it and um what uh um you know thank you for sharing that about about you know the benefits that you feel and how you present it i i appreciate that and um what are some what are some some textural elements that that you use? What are some different effects that you find yourself coming back to? Because the the I, I just I've run into this and I feel like the textures are. are I'd heard this interview recently and it really stuck with me. It was an interview with Daniel Lanois and he was talking about mm. how I'm trying to just kind of paraphrase it, but it just it sat with me because he was talking about how working with Eno in in the early days in Harold Budd, who we sadly lost recently. And how yeah. what they did with the effects is that the effects became very the the effect they were they were saving the effects became very important. They weren't like yeah. they weren't like they weren't like secondary to, to anything and and they put them really up front and they they yeah. and 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 I was that simple idea of that and they saved them and then they and they didn't just put them on you know, temporarily, like maybe some reverb on a vocal and they will like, take that off and add more reverb or less reverb later. They really like put the effects up front and the textures yeah. and I, and it, it just clicked with me. Cause I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's it. The textures are very important now. Like they're, they're part of creating this, this, this sound environment. And uh, hearing it yeah. said that way really made me think about it. And what are, what are some different effects and textures that that in general that you that you really work with a lot and that you really shape on in, in your music. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Lanois and Eno, uh, in the early days, they discovered the harmonizer. I think that was a very important uh, tool for them. The harmonizer? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, together with the reverb and that's that's what we use today um, a lot. Um, you, you, you send a sound into the box, effect box, and out comes something completely different. It adds character and overtones, all that. So that's a lot. I use that a lot. Um, I also use layering. Uh, when you hear a tone, there's always a tone behind it. You know, it's it's, oh. it's layered with a lot of, uh, so to give it depth in into the 
sound picture. It's not just left, right, it's into the space. Okay. Um, okay. So you okay. can e imagine like you have a you have a singer on the front of the stage, he sings a melody, but there are a row of singers behind him who sings all nearly the same, but in a lower volume. It's that kind of idea. Oh, okay. But you look at you look at that singer in front of the stage. Ah, oh, you think it that's him, you hear him. But hmm, there's something behind him. And they do something different, but it's you know, and it's very subtle. That brings uh, depth to the music. Um, so I always, uh, when I mix, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a kind of a, it's a stage, but it's also an, a landscape, like in front, further away to the left, on the top of the hill there, all the way out in the space there, <laughs> you know, this. Oh, spaces. Yes. Okay. Spatially. Okay. Mm. Okay. Sometimes you want to have things up front, right in the face. Okay. And when you're laying, it can, it can be just as simple as having something on top of that tone, but just at a mm. drastically different uh, decibel level, a different volume. Yeah, yeah, level. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to necessarily be a harmony part. It could literally be just the a doubling of and, and yeah, the volume yeah. difference mm, mm, and a different, maybe a different sound. Obviously, a different, yeah, a different yeah, yeah. Tone, yes. tonality. Yeah. I went yeah. to classes to to learn. Um, I've done some orchestral orchestral works as okay. well. Okay. And in the classic orchestra, the, the placement of the musicians on the stage, it's, it's very important, you know. And then that's the way they make depth and a room in the music. If you listen to a classical recording, you will notice uh, how important uh, the microphone placement is to get the depth in the orchestra. Yeah. And the placement of them. Musicians. So I guess I, I, I have taken some of those ideas into the electronic studio. Yep. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm making my imaginary orchestra. <laughs>
how how does the space of landscapes does the space of landscapes influence you? I mean, uh, city. I, when I think of Norway, I think of I think of the 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 the, the snowy landscapes. Okay, I know it's not like that all the time, but I, but I think about that, and I don't know what that goes to. I don't know if that goes back to Star Wars, and I realized that the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, like, was filmed in Norway in the snow, and, you know, and, and it was it was completely fascinating and yeah, captivating, yeah. and like yeah. that sequence to this day. I mean, because I grew up in that era when 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 I was a little kid when when those were out. And, and so like that was, you know, I found that was in Norway. I was like, where is this place, Norway? That is where they filmed that. Uh, how have the, 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 have the landscapes being in, in a country in, in the great north and influenced you at all? Like the landscape and the placement and the distance mm. and the vastness and the... I grew up in a small valley in the middle of South Norway. Okay. It's, it's um, as mountains, it's a valley and a lot of snow so in the winter. So that's um, that's my that has influenced me. Okay. So um, if I will sit down and draw something, I will always draw a mountain. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were present, omnipresent. Mm -hmm. But I had read before that most of the population in Norway is centered around Oslo. Like the, it's more sporadic, is it's more spaced out as you go around from <laughs> from from there. And and that's always fascinated me too. That it it really it really kind of has that epicenter, and then mm. and then and then, and then mm. from there. Um, actually, in Norway, we as a contrary to Sweden, Sweden is far much worse because in Sweden everybody has moved into the suburbia. Okay. So if you drive along the Swedish countryside you see abandoned houses all, all over oh. so, so actually in Norway we, we have avoided that so um, a lot of people still live in the rural areas uh, okay. that's about politics actually <laughs> okay uh, so but of course in Oslo that's that's kind of magnet you know but in Norway we, we are very much nature lovers <laughs> Everybody goes skiing and hiking. That's part of our heritage. Is it far north enough to affect the the daylight and nighttime durations there in Norway? Does that affect it where longer dark night? Mm -hmm. Is it that high um, north? Yes. Uh, you know, in northern Norway, there's um, in Oslo area, we have, um, yeah, in the winter, it, it will be um, dark around uh, 4 p.m. Mm, okay but in the it's very light again you know <laughs> the light. opposite the opposite yeah okay yeah okay <laughs> okay yeah that's yeah that's um so in Nor northern norway in the summer it's it's fantastic you should you should go there i mean i would love to the the, the, the summer nights in northern norway it's it's fantastic it's you, it's never get it doesn't get dark you know yeah the endless summer that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would love, I would love to go. I would yeah. love to. I would. It was definitely like on on my list as as travel happens and things can open up. I would, I would love to. I'd love to go yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Do you spend any time in the U.S. now, or are you are you working in Norway mostly? Uh, I went to U.S. actually. It's, it's three or four years ago. So I hope to go there as soon as the pandemic is uh, yeah. is over. Yeah. Because. Um, yeah, I love to be in the U.S. Uh, I've been there a lot. 
next year hopefully <laughs> yeah next year hopefully yeah me too i'm i'm hoping so a patient waiting right now to kind of see how things yeah. how thing, how things uh how things move how things move across um or or, or change mm -hmm. or things like that i really appreciate i really appreciate you being on the show um and and agreeing to be on here and 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 also and 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 that and also thank you thank you for the music too you know i i um i i've i've enjoyed your music for many years and um this has been a real blast being able to talk to some musicians uh who who have i've listened to and and uh, it's just it's been a real honor and uh thank you for thank you for putting the music out there great to be on your show show i'm honored it's been fun and i hopefully collaborations can occur too are you able to collaborate across the across the internet during this? I mean, I, I, I've heard some of the albums you work with, Michael Stearns and mm -hmm. and, and, and Mr. Steve Roach and yeah and uh, yeah, uh, that's, um, but that's I, I love that way of working. Yeah, you know that last year we, I worked with Michael and we we were getting used to that sending files back and forth and uh, that's a nice way of working and using Skype a lot. So okay. that's something we would have done anyway. But of course, we it's nice to meet and do the mixing and such. But yeah, so hope we we will do that next time. Whenever you send files, this is a quick question you brought up. When you have sent files before back and forth, is there like kind of a parameter where you can manipulate each other's files or do people send something, like your collaborators send something that they have specifically? I always find that interesting because they could send the file and say, here it is, or they could say, here it is, do your thing to it. Weird or or whatever yeah. you want to do. Um, <laughs> uh, the best results you will get is when you, you just send a file and you say do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> then you will get then you will get the best results do what you because, do to it <laughs> um, and that's the best
because uh, if you have too many words about how we want it, you, it's it's going to be cluttered. You know, it's a, mm -hmm. I usually just put the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tempo yeah. on it. Yeah. on the file if 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 it's a loop you know, rhythmic loop or something um, yeah. so and then and you then you get when you, when you get the feedback when the collaborator sends it back to you you will oh man you will be surprised and that's fantastic you know yeah. wow <laughs> i didn't think of that you know? <laughs> hear it a new way yeah or mm -hmm. a different way yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that sounds exciting you know to mm -hmm process it that way yeah looking forward to SoundQuest. okay i'm looking yeah. forward to SoundQuest. we're going to get this pod out before SoundQuest, so we can mm -hmm, talk mm -hmm. about SoundQuest in the in the in the in the future <laughs> yes, yes yes in the future and because podcasts obviously demand on demand but in the future mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. looking forward to looking forward to SoundQuest. yeah i'm working on it these days okay yeah, mm -hmm. still got about. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're we're talking right now. It's still uh, over a month away, but um, it'll be a little bit sooner when this pod's out, so people can mm -hmm. listen right now. Mm -hmm. Soundquest, Soundquest, twenty twenty one. Yes, yeah. Eric, thank you for doing this. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's great talking to you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Mm -hmm. And my conversation there with Eric Volo, going to close the podcast today with a composition of his called Visions. Remember, you can find Tones and Drones on all the major podcast platforms. And if there's a space on your podcast platform of choice to leave a review, please do so. You can also find Tones and Drones now on the NPR One app. I'm Jason Miller, your host. Tones and Drones is produced in the studios of 91.3 FM KVLU. For more information about the station, you can visit kvlu.org. And remember, may music bring you peace and joy.
Thank you.